Hello, you're listening to audio from First Church Butler. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit butlerfumc.com and connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at First Church Butler. So, can I, can I be just a little vulnerable with you tonight? Is that okay? If, if Betsy were up here with me right now, and one of you were to ask the question, what is it like at Dave and Betsy's house on a Sunday afternoon? She might answer that question like this. She would say, well, now, regardless of what happens on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoons are pretty good. We have a nice meal together, and we chat a little bit, and then both of us drift off to a nice Sunday afternoon siesta. But not long ago, Sunday afternoon depended on Sunday morning's performance. If if David thought that the message went okay, he would come home feeling pretty good about himself. And the rest of the afternoon would, would go all right. But if he felt like the message didn't go okay, he would come home beating himself up pretty good. And sometimes, if it was really bad, he would, he would doubt his call to ministry. And, and he would be down on himself the rest of the day and sometimes well into the next week. And she would be exactly right with that assessment. So much of my value as a pastor in the not too distant days past was tied to my production, my performance as a preacher. Has there ever been a time in your life when what you thought about yourself was based on something that you did well or something that you didn't do well? You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever allowed who you thought yourself to be to be based on something that you produced or performed or failed to produce or failed to perform? Maybe it was at work. Maybe it was at school. Maybe it was in a relationship. Have you... Have you known the 
experience of success, where you've ridden the waves of success and you've been proud of yourself? And have you known the depths of despair from the perception that you've fallen flat on your face and you've had to pick yourself up? And it's exhausting, isn't it? When you value yourself based upon those things and one day you're up and the other day you're digging yourself out of the dirt. It's exhausting, isn't it? So one day this past week, we read Luke chapter 10 in our Banding Together journal. And in the early part of Luke chapter 10, Jesus suggests a different way of valuing ourselves that's not dependent on what we produce or how we perform. So the chapter opens with Jesus gathering together 72, don't ask me why that number's there, 72 of those who are following him. He gathers this group of people together. And he decides to send them out in pairs, two by two, in his name and with his authority to various villages and towns where he himself intends to go. And before they go, he gives them some instructions. He says, don't take anything in terms of provisions with you. Follow the Spirit, trust the Spirit that's walking with you and moving ahead of you. Eat whatever is presented to you. Give peace to houses and to families. Stay wherever houses are opened up to you. Heal wherever there are sick people. Extend healing to them. Oh, and he says, if you go into a town and that town does not welcome you, then go out into the middle of the town and shake the dust off your feet as a warning to that town. And tell them, look, you have not welcomed us, but even though you haven't welcomed us, we are telling you that the kingdom of God has come to this town. So with those instructions, with that commission, the 72 scatter out to these towns. Now, Luke doesn't tell us how long they're gone. We're not told. But what Luke does tell us about is what happens when these 72, assuming in pairs, return to Jesus. This is Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 17. Check this out. The 72 returned, notice how, with joy and said to Jesus, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, would you say that when they come back to Jesus, they're feeling pretty good about themselves, right? They've had a good trip. 
Their experience has been a good performance. They have produced well. And Jesus even acknowledges that. He says, you know what? Yeah. If Jesus was a teacher and they turned in their paper, he would have given them an A plus and four stars. You perform well. I saw Satan himself fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So get this. They've been out with his power in all of these towns. Demons have submitted to them in the name of Jesus Christ. And now he says to them, I have given you power over the enemy himself. So they come back feeling good about themselves. Now they're feeling even better about themselves. You getting this? Now look at what he says. However, why does there always have to be a however? However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Huh. So there's this joyous interaction. Lord, demons submitted to us in your name. Jesus says, I know. The power you have is power over the enemy himself. Now, that, First Church, is another sermon. We need to understand, and I'm going to preach this someday very soon, that the power that we have in the name of Jesus Christ is power over the enemy himself. But Jesus doesn't want to focus on that. He says, look, that is not who you are. Don't get caught up in the fact that you have power over the enemy. That's not your identity. Don't rejoice in the fact that the spirits submit to you. Instead, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Your identity, he says, is not in what you do. It's not in how you have performed. It's not in the power that you have to make demons submit to you. Your identity is that you are sons and daughters of God. That's your identity. Never forget that, he says. You aren't defined by anything that you do. You are defined by the one who embraces you as his children. That's where your value is. Value comes from being the recipients of God's grace. Simple. Humbly. It doesn't come from what you've accomplished. 
It doesn't even come from what you've accomplished in the name and through the power of Jesus Christ. It comes from the fact it isn't located in production or performance. Get this. Value comes from being welcomed as God's child. Let that sink in for a minute. That's where your value comes from. Your value doesn't come from anything you produce or anything that you, anything that you have performed. Your value comes from being welcomed as God's child. Now think about that. It means that your value doesn't come from anything that you bring to the table. Whether it's something shining, accomplishments, or something that you have failed at. Nothing that you bring to the table determines your value. Not your achievements that you're bragging about. Not the money that you have in the bank to rely on. Not even the number of times that you've read through the Bible or the people that you've brought to Christ. None of that matters when it comes to your value in the eyes of God. And, by the way, your value in the eyes of God is not compromised by the number of times that you have failed. Your value is not compromised by the mess of your life right now. Your value is not compromised by the number of times that you have taken what Jesus has put back together for you and broken it and then bringing it back to the table and asking Jesus to put it back together again. Your value is not compromised by that. See, what gives you and me value, what defines us, what determines our identity is that this God who has come to us in Jesus Christ, chooses to welcome us into his space. This God chooses to embrace us simply because that's his heart. God says it this way in Isaiah, 50, in Isaiah 43. Check this out. This is, these are the words of God. God is speaking. Do not fear. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and what? You are mine. When you pass through the waters, what? Hallelujah. They shall not overwhelm you. The rivers won't. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Amen. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And get this, you are precious in my sight and honored. And I love you. You are precious and honored, and I love you, Isaiah 43 says, simply because God chooses for it to be that way. So think about this. In, in our living, 
When the glory and the attention go to somebody else, when somebody criticizes you, when you criticize you, when the old tapes start to run again in your mind and bring back all of the mistakes that you've made and all of the stuff that you thought you put to bed at some point in time in your life and they start to run again in your mind and try to drag you down. When the evil one starts to lie to you and says to you, you know what, he's not worth keeping on trying for or she'll never change when the evil one tries to lie to you about that. When that disease or that illness looms large for you. When that person says to you, come on, try this. It's the latest thing. And you push back and say, no, thank you. I'm not going to do that. Jesus says to you, remember, you are not defined by those things. Are you out there? You're not defined by those things. Your value comes from the fact that you are a son, you are a daughter of God. That's where, your, that's where your definition comes from. You are precious, you are honored, and you are loved because God says so. I, I found this. I thought this was pretty good. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I make mistakes. Yes, I fall and stumble. Yes, I struggle. Yes, I'm a mess, but I'm God's mess. And God can turn a mess into a masterpiece. See, that's it. How many of you know, how many of you know that you're going to be asked still at some times in your life to produce some things. You're going to be asked at some times in your life to perform some things. At work, at school, in some relationships. And how many of you know in those places you're not going to get it right 100% of the time? You with me? You're not. But you know what? It's okay. Because that doesn't define you. Your value is not dependent on those things. Your value is determined by the God who says, you're a son, you're a daughter of mine. Are you with me? So, this week, let's try something. My guess is this week, you're going to you're going to have some kind of engagement this week with a couple of different things that probably is going to involve your name. Don't you think? Let me give you a couple of examples. Like this week, you might very well have your hand on your driver's license for something. You might have your hand on a passport. You might have your hand on your Social Security card. You might have your hand on one of those store reward cards that have your name on it. You might have your hand on your bank card or your charge card that have your name on it. You tracking with me? You might send or receive an email that has your name on it. You might send a text message 
that has your name attached to it. <gasps> you might post something on social media. that has your name attached to it. You might sign a letter. You might sign a bank check. Do I need to explain to you what that is? Someone might actually call you on the phone and use your name. Point being, Wherever your name is engaged this week, I want your name to trigger for you three words. Okay? Here they are. Precious, honored, and loved. You with me? Whenever and wherever you engage your name this week, and I'm talking to you online too, whenever, wherever you engage your name this week, let it trigger for you those three words, precious, honored, and loved, so that it can be a reminder for you of where your identity comes from, where your value comes from. It comes from no place other than the fact that God declares you precious, honored, and loved because of Jesus Christ. So, you're, so you'll, you'll not get it right 100% of the time. That's okay. Your value doesn't change. Because God declares it so. Amen? Amen? Now watch this. When we, when we begin to interact with our own names that way, when we begin to hear our own names and hear precious, honored, and loved, then all of a sudden we begin to hear other people's names differently. Because if God responds to our name with precious, honored, and loved, then guess what? It means that every other person in our network of relationships, God responds to their names exactly the same way. Oh, pastor, why'd you have to go there? But it's the truth, right? It's the truth. If we are precious and honored and loved, then so is every other person, precious and honored and loved. And see, then we begin to see the places where we live differently. We begin to see our relationships differently. We begin to see all of the encounters we have with people differently. Because if we are precious and honored and loved, so are they. And the places we live then begin to be different places that we live in. and our communities begin to change. See how that works? So, I came across a picture this week that I just had to show you. I have to show you this picture. This is Delaney and Rosalie. 
99 years apart to the day. This picture was taken on Delaney's first birthday and her great-great-grandmother Rosalie's 100th birthday. Isn't that an incredible picture? Now, what makes this picture so special? Is it the fact that these two are just darn cute? Well, yeah. Is it the fact that Delaney has so much life ahead of her yet? Sure. Is it that Rosalie, man, what stories would she have to tell? Sure. But do you know what really makes this picture special? Is that when God looks at Delaney and Rosalie, he sees both of them as precious, honored, and loved because of Jesus Christ. You with me? That's what he sees. My, my, my. How? how the places that we live in would change if every Delaney and every Rosalie and everybody in between could see themselves that same way. And you know what? We can help with that. You and I can help with that. So here's your homework tonight. Tonight. Ready? Are you getting your pencils and your papers to... Right. Here's your homework tonight. I want you to go home and look yourself in the mirror. And I want you to say to yourself, I want you to speak your name. Look yourself in the mirror and speak your name and declare precious, honored, and loved because of Jesus. Let's try it. Put your hand over your heart. Put your hand over your heart. Ready? Together. Precious, honored, and loved because of Jesus. Amen? Amen. See, change in the places that we live start right 